A reading from the book of Exodus. The tent, which was called a meeting tent, Moses used to pitch at some distance away outside the camp. Anyone who wished to consult the Lord would go to this meeting tent outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, the people would all rise and stand at the entrance of their own tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses entered the tent, the column of cloud would come down and stand at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. On seeing the, cloud of seeing the column of cloud stand at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise and worship at the entrance of their own tents. The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as one man speaks to another. Moses would then return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, would not move out of the tent. Moses stood there with the Lord and proclaimed his name, Lord. Thus the Lord passed before him and cried out, The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity, continuing his kindness for a thousand generations and forgiving wickedness and crime and sin, yet not declaring the guilty guiltless, but punishing children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation for their father's wickedness. Moses at once bowed down to the ground and worshiped. Then he said, if I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people, yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own. So Moses stayed there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating any food or drinking any water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments.
Dominus Fabiscum. Adult Jesus dismissed the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. Verbum Domini. Moses meets the Lord in the meeting tent. Moses speaks to the Lord and the Lord speaks to him. It's a two-way conversation like two friends speak to one another. Whenever we meet someone and have conversation with them, we get to know the person we're conversing with. In the beginning, it may be simply introductory knowledge that we gain from the person and the person from us. And the more we spend time and converse with the person, the more we get to know the person. This meeting of Moses and the Lord is quite intimate. Private time, private conversation. At the same time, the people know. The people know when this intimate and private conversation takes place between the two. The book of Exodus tells us, as Moses entered the tent, the column of cloud would come down and stand at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever this happens, the people see this. And as Exodus tells us, on seeing the column of clouds stand at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise. And all the people would worship at the entrance of their own tents. This actually reminds me of the time when I was younger and new religious not very familiar with the nun's prayer life. And this was in Arndale. 
I would go in for private adoration there in the chapel. And then at the, up, at the top of the hour, just like the way they do it here, the sister on the other side of the wall would begin her prayers. And here you can hear it, but I think back then the microphone was off, maybe intentionally off. So I truly had no idea what, what you were praying at the time, sisters. And I tried to, I remember I tried to listen attentively what you're saying to God. I didn't see any cloud coming down. And yet I heard the sister's voice on the other side of the wall, even though it was barely heard. Now, it did give me a sense of, I need to be quiet. I need to be quiet. I need to listen because the, that sister on the other side is speaking to God. It did give me a sense of, I need to be speaking to God myself. I need to converse with the Lord myself. I think the pilgrims who come here, especially on their first time, may experience a similar experience. One would want to know what the other is saying. It's like they're attentively hearing what the sisters are saying to God. One would want to know what she learned from that intimate meeting and intimate conversation. And Moses gives us his experience. Moses tells us what he learns and what he knows about the person to whom he's speaking with. He says, the Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity, continuing his kindness for a thousand generations and forgiving wickedness and crime and sin. Yet, not declaring the guilty guiltless, but punishing children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generations for their father's wickedness. God is merciful and just. His greatest attribute is his mercy. And when we are faithful to him, not only will we be blessed by thousand generations after us, we'll be blessed as well. We can't fully grasp that. We can't fully grasp the fact that there are generations after us whom we have not yet met. And our fidelity to God provides blessings upon our future generations. This is including spiritual generations as well for us priests and religious. And our, again, our fidelity to God provides blessings upon our future generations. And similarly, our infidelities, our unrepentance will have impact as well to the third and fourth generations after us. God is our friend. He is the most and the only faithful 
and true friend we can trust that we are blessed with and we are not worthy to have, and yet we have. Jesus says it to the apostles the night before he died, and he says it to us through them. You are my friends. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I know I've been quoting lately from Encino Yezu book, and I'm sorry if you're already tired of it. <laughs> I only share with you what I think may help you or benefit you because I know it has help me, you don't have to take it, you don't have to believe it, since it's not public revelation. At the same time, the things that I share are not contradictory to our faith. Otherwise, I would not even give a second to think to share with you. And listen to this on the theme of friendship. And now, so he's speaking to the priests, Benedictine monks specifically, and, but this is, is applicable to everyone. He said, friendship with me is not difficult. It is the gift that I offer freely and gladly to all souls. But in the first place, to the souls of my priests. If priests li lived in my friendship, how different my church would be. She would be a place of warmth, of light, of peace, and of holiness. Many of the sufferings and hardships experienced within my church at the hands of her ministers, my priests, would not exist were priests, my priests, living daily in the grace of friendship with me that I offer them and long to give them. The solution to the hardships and trials of priests, the answer to the problems that beset so many of them, causing them to fall into patterns of sin, is the friendship that I offer them. Friendship with Jesus Christ. Friendship with God. Again, that's, not, that's just not for priests. That's for everybody. He freely and gladly offers this gift of his friendship to all souls. Everyone. You know, Moses, Moses had this intimate friendship with God in the meeting tent. We cannot fully comprehend that. He has his intimate friendship with God, and like Moses, we have a meeting tent, this chapel, this church, every Catholic churches throughout the world where the, where the tabernacles are accessible, that's our meeting tent. We have the Lord who longs for our friendship. He waits for us. 
He wants to give us graces after graces more than we can imagine. He longs to see our hearts respond to his sacred, kind, and merciful heart. Yes, for us who have the daily duty, the obligation to be with him, sometimes it's not as pleasant as we thought or as warm as we thought. Sometimes it's, it's a bit long. Sometimes it's dry. Sometimes it's full of distraction. You know, and sometimes you, you look at the time, five minutes just went by, and then you try to stay, and you look at the time again, it's only one minute passed by. But the Lord is pleased when you make the decision to be with him. Despite distractions, despite dryness, despite whatever other things we experience, despite all that, he's pleased when we decide to stay and persevere with him. Again, he longs to see our hearts to respond to his sacred kind and merciful heart.